Hi, and welcome back to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. I'm Jason Delory, entrepreneur, innovation strategist, mentor, and podcaster. And it's my pleasure to be your host today. On this episode, we are continuing our growth and progression series, taking the time to reconnect with some of the great guests we've had on the show, now over 100 entrepreneurs from Africa, which is amazing, and basically seeing how they fared with their journeys over the years. Today, it's with great pleasure I welcome back Chris Ray, who we interviewed almost two years ago now, uh, back in August 2021. Uh, we will get the chance to hear his story of how this young dynamic entrepreneur from Mauritius has taken his idea to a successful startup and uh, basically seeing what this story has evolved since we last spoke in our last episode. So thanks again so much, uh, Chris, for being on this show. And uh, before we jump in, maybe you can give a listeners a little bit of an update of what you've been up to and then uh, and then what's uh, Apollo been up to. Yeah, sure. With pleasure. Well, th- thanks again for having me, Jason. Um, it's always a pleasure being back on this podcast and and sharing our story. And uh, I know it's only been two years since our, our thing, but it does feel like 10 years with everything that goes on. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot I can talk about in the last two years. Um, Maybe to start, okay. you know, uh, speaking, uh, we, we spoke to you when your company was about three years old and, and now uh, into your fifth year, I believe. Uh, maybe uh, just a quick update. I know that you've expanded your team with um, people uh, in China now. Uh, so maybe just a high level overview of what's the past two years been the focus for, for Apollo Scooter? Yeah, of course, with pleasure. So, I mean, the last two years, two years ago when we spoke, we were still on a sort of proof of concept idea. We were still finding our market. We were still testing our sales. We were still doing everything to sort of see, I guess, throwing things against the wall to see what sticks. Um, last, I think two years ago, we had 25 employees um, and we were still finding our niche. Uh, today, we're a team of 50 uh, people. Wow. Uh, we found our niche a lot. Like, and I'll go through this much more in detail, but we've, you know, learn to we're internalizing a lot of the processes to manage quality control um and we've sort of come to a phase that in order to scale healthily um we have to take control over all operations and processes and we can't depend on partners to do this if we want to be successful so the last two years has been that um and there's been a lot of positives a lot of struggles um and today it's quite contradictory but this year is like the focus is stabilizing the ship because last year we grew way too quickly uh, and it's not sustainable in many ways. So again, I'll go into a lot of this, but overall the last two years has been, you know, funny on niche. We found it, we know where we're going. Uh, we know what the future holds and how to be, a, how to be successful and what our targets are. Um, and it's been a beautiful journey. It's been, it's been an incredible last two years. And I'm very excited to go into more detail and share the nitty gritty struggles and, and successes with you guys. Yeah. Amazing. And looking forward to, to, to learn more about it. Uh, especially with, you know, one thing that struck us from your original interview is that uh, customer centricity both you and uh, Apollo have and understanding that, you know, saying you found your niche and, and being able to grow and scale that is really important, but also understanding that sometimes growth brings its own pains, it's growing pains, so <laughs> being able to to stabilize that uh, is great. And on a personal level, I, I know that when we last spoke two, two years or so into, into the company, moving from a corporate world from L'Oreal and and coming into the entrepreneurial world, any regrets so far, or uh, still full <laughs> speed ahead? Still, still happy. Never regrets. Nice, so. Yeah, yeah, never regrets. I think it, it comes with its own set of challenges, but it comes with just so much more rewards and so much more benefits to me personally. Right? I mean, um, I, I would not change anything. I think it's 
having control and having that joy of having amazing people creating your own workplace, creating your own values, your missions, and managing that is part of my DNA and me and my co-founder's DNA. Um, and, you know, some people that that trajectory is to be in a corporation and, and work for the rest of their life and they love that. And, you know, that's, that's great. As long as you know what you want to do. But for me, no, this is just the start of one venture and there's going to be a lot more ventures coming in the future, but sticking to the, to the entrepreneurship journey for sure. That, that's great, great to hear. And, you know, uh, I think the saying is like Marmite, you either hate it or love it and, and definitely <laughs> see that love you have for entrepreneurship. Love that one. That's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Well, moving uh, maybe closer to, to the, the theme of, of this series is understanding, you know, the, the growth of the companies that we've had on Entrepreneurs Talk Africa and understanding from the founders what this has taken and, and how you've approached this, because we understand that at different phases of a, of a startup's life, different levers need to be pulled, different aspects needs to be focused on. Uh, as you said, you know, the first year, getting to know your market, throwing everything at it and seeing what sticks, developing it in the second year, and then, you know, getting, I believe when we spoke in the third year, getting an understanding of your own IP, your own product. Uh, I think you launched the Phantom when we had last spoke. Um, and now moving into this, growth phase that you've been through and and congratulations to you and the team uh for the success you've had uh, we've fondly been following and and seeing a lot of the the work that you guys have been doing but how has this been possible you know what have you focused on uh and and what has been the the biggest driver for this for sure um, I, I think we very quickly realized that we can't depend on again a lot of external production capacities quality control companies um and and that was our biggest issue i think when you're when you're relatively small on a scale, it's very easy to keep control over everything. But when you start scaling, um, that's when you know shit can hit the fan and it, it can get very out of control. Um, and that's what we realized very quickly. So I mean, um, again, last year we probably sold around thirty thousand units in the year alone. Um, we had you know I think for example at Poto City we had a fantastic launch, um, selling over a thousand units, and it was you know voted the best scooter of the year by Tom's Guide, for example. Um, but there was a step that we were depending on a quality control from uh, an external company that they missed that really affected us very hardly. And it's that can break your trust, trust your reputation, your your whole team's morale. It can put a lot of strain on the business when it's not perfectly done. So um, moving forward on that side, we've decided to internalize everything. We have four people on the ground doing all QC, checking every single product as we go. Like um, even the manufacturing components, we have our own factory floors. We have two floors in which everything is done to our standards with our SOPs, standards and procedures. Um, everything is now in our control. And now <laughs> that's not the sexy part of business, to be honest. It's a lot of work. It's enormous amounts of internal documentation, processes, um, QC. It's, it's a lot of sort of management. Um, and that, again, it, it's a short, like, it's a lot of investment for the long-term game. Um, we're in this game for the next five, 10 years at least, and we want to become the biggest, best scooter company in the world. Um, and this is why we're going through all these processes. So it, it sounds a bit weird that we say, you know, this year is a, a year of um, it, we're, we're rebuilding the structures, we're re-preparing everything in order to be able to have successful growth next year. It's because we don't want to go back through that process of, of being balanced, right? So um, I think the biggest difference, again, like we said, is focusing on RIP. So we have three products that we see that are going to be the future of micro-mobility by next year that we're launching. Um, so the current portfolio that we have now is is great, but it's not going to be the future. Um, that's one of them, making sure our internal processes and organization is all very well structured and information is flowing freely because you'd be surprised when you have a team of 50 people 
Um, that information can get distorted very quickly. It, it can lead to a lot of inefficiencies and a lot of just, it, it just, it can kill a whole business. Um, so making sure that in-house control is really well done. Um, and then having control over everything from software, hardware, um, and quality control. That's, that's our biggest one. So we've hired software developers in-house. We have hardware engineers in-house, um, which is all very expensive and very, you know, again, a lot of work overall, but that's the bigger picture you have to take. And that's the details you have to do in order to build that long-term competitive, sustainable advantage overall. I, I completely agree with a lot of what you're saying there. And, and maybe to, to pick up on two things. Firstly, uh, I love the way that you reiterate brand working both ways in the sense that you, you, you've you spent all this time building a great brand and being known for it, but also that applies that when something goes wrong, they're also going to associate that with their brand. So bringing <laughs> those elements internally uh, to be able to control that, I think as you grow is, is very needed um, rather than relying sure. on others. But uh, you also mentioned in terms of that process procedures and structures, and I think this is something as entrepreneurs, we may underestimate the, the value of it um, and also <laughs> the time taken and, and the expertise needed to do it. Uh, but in order to scale, you know, like you say, in order to scale, in order to build for the future, you need to have these fundamental building blocks. It's OK yeah. when you're a team of five uh, and everybody knows everybody. And, and like you say, there's no this, the information is easily shared. But, but as you grow, these growing pains become more and more important. When you're a team of 5, 10, 15 or whatever, it's very easy because you have all these different softwares and it's all really cool and you're using Notion and you're using Slack and you're using Airtable and like all this stuff overall. But when you have a team of 50, this starts killing your whole company because your customer service person has to go through five or 20 different applications. And that's just an example of, of you know, when you scale, you have to start, start centralizing everything. And now we have these big things like NetSuite and Oracle to have everything together. Like, the centralization of information is key. Um, and that's just, a, you know, I would have never thought about that two years ago. I was like, no, this is all easy. We have all these cool little softwares and everything. But as you grow, that's when you start realizing the inefficiencies and how it's hurting your business, right? So it's so important that, and nobody talks about it until it actually happens. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so true. It's like the, the, the back end almost of, of all of the things that, that make it work. Um, but, but really interesting that that you have that different impression from two years ago versus now, which which kind of leads me to my next question in the sense that um, if you could point to one thing in the past two years that has been the largest lever for growth for you and your company, uh, what would it be? If if you if there was one thing, I know it's a difficult one because no, very no I think it's but, very yeah. easy and it's it's a great question. Okay. I think it's it's a people, it's a management team. So. Two years ago, it was pretty much, I think, me, my, my co-founder and our, our chief technology officer running a lot of the company. Um, today, we have a management team in, in place that is unbelievable. Uh, the most talented team, um, uh, sorry, our whole team is, you know, it's unbelievable. <laughs> our management team it specifically has, they're incredible leaders. They have enormous amounts of empathy, resourcefulness uh, and talents. And that is by far the biggest thing that's allowed us to grow structure and get ready for this future growth. So, and that comes through. So we have uh, logistics, which is huge. We have finance, um, uh, hardware, software, um, and then marketing and sales. And, and having that structured team is what sort of is your pillar of your organization. And then they manage the teams. And that's why, again, then you can break it down into what softwares are we using? How much money do we need? How much debt do we need to raise? What products are we going to do? How are we going to do quality control? But that, that in the last two years um, has been our focus of setting up. And today we're in a great position of having that. And once you have that set up, 
everything else is going to change, but hopefully that management team stays the same and that's what's going to allow you to grow even more. Love it. I think that that's, and also not something commonly mentioned, but yeah, having that reliable team, someone you fully trust to be able to do that job um, can be difficult as a founder or a co-founder letting go of those roles as well, but it also enables you to do what you're good at um, and ensure that the other aspects are being taken care of efficiently. Um, I believe now that your role has evolved and you're now head of growth. Is that correct? Um, correct, yeah. Moving from operations to, to growth. Uh, so, yeah. so, yeah, <laughs> how do you feel everything. about that? I love it. So again, yeah. at the end of the day, I love people. I, I'm very, I'm a very emotional person. I love sales. I love relationships and I love mm-hmm. partnerships of growth. Um, I started doing customer service with the company mostly and I did operations completely. Um, and now I've just moved towards that because I did marketing last year. Um, and that's the thing when you're sort of a co-founder, you're, you know, ready to jump in at any position where you need mm-hmm. and you need to be resourceful and find a way to do it. And, um, you get to a point and with this, this can go on a very different tangent, but, you get to a point in a different role where you realize that you might not, you're not the best person in that. Um, so now I've moved to sales and partnerships, which for me is my personal growth and I, my personal skill and I love the most. And I still think there's a lot of growth to be done there before I move on to something else. Um, so yeah, I'm very happy with the role and I think it's it's where my skills shine the most. Agree in terms of that value of having the team members. You wouldn't be comfortable moving into that role unless you had someone on the team that you could uh, really trust to manage the other aspects. And, you know, yeah. as, as we say, as you grow bigger, these problems, uh, you, you get more, you get less and less generalists and more and more specialists in, as yeah. organically the company grows. Um, so as you say, at the beginning, you've got to do everything. Um, whereas yeah. as you move further down the line, you're able to make sure that you are adding the most value you can to the business, which, you know, it's a good point for other entrepreneurs to know out there. That is also checking your ego and, and you know, it takes, <laughs> it takes self-reflection you know, to be able to say, hey, maybe I'm not the best person for this job, uh, but I would be much better served there. So another yeah. dynamic that, that comes about with, with a growing team, you know. And then that's it. I think that you, you hit it around the head. You need to be humble. You need to have a lot of self-reflection uh, and introspection. Um, and you hear, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I follow a lot of these journeys. And there was one which was uh, the CEO of Gymshark which was incredible. Like he realized very quickly mm-hmm. that he wasn't in in good enough to be the CEO. So he hired a CEO and he was shadowing him for three, four years. And then he took over as CEO again and he requalified for his role. And it goes back to even the, the CEO of Shopify. Every year, his whole management team needs to requalify for their role mm-hmm. to make sure that they're serving for the business. And I think that's a huge thing that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs face probably is they think they're about the best for the role and that's going to kill the company very quickly. So you need to make sure you know when it's the right time. Um, to step in and step out. And if someone else is better, then you're doing a disservice for the company by being in there. So for the time, yeah, it's always really important and the humbleness is key. So Nice. Um, and uh, the, the two other points you touch on there, one, the resilience, which was a key theme in your first episode as well. Uh, great to see that, uh, you know, this resilience has, has taken to you to where you are today. You also mentioned your reading and as per the last episode, uh, some really good um, reading suggestions. Uh, if I can remember correctly, there, there was quite a few suggestions. Uh, what's, what's, what's your suggestion this time for, for a growth, growth hacking book? or? A, a... I mean, there's a lot of really good resources out there. Like I love, I mean, podcasts like the Diary of a CEO is really good with Stephen Barlett. Um, a lot of books like Good to Grades or um, the hard thing about hard things is probably the perfect reflection of entrepreneurship. If, if for the listeners who haven't read that, that's my number one book go to. Um, 
but otherwise there's no like there's no secret growth hacking tool that we use really it's, <laughs> for me it's i'm trying to find i mean there's a lot of sales and, and things that you can learn from but i'm trying to find more um inspiration of how to work on myself more in terms of personal so it could be mental health physical health etc and we can get onto that afterwards um but yeah that's my, you know my i love podcasts it's very inspirational and people if someone's already done it before someone's been in your shoes and is in exactly the same thing you just need to go out and find resources to help support you to make sure you're not feeling alone um and that's where i get a lot of my help from is like literally these podcasts and hearing about other entrepreneurs experiences which um is is something that that we hope we we share with some african entrepreneurs listening uh, and definitely get that inspiration from from you guys and and the work that you you're doing at Apollo. Um we may not be going into too much detail uh, because we are approaching close to the end. I, I know it happens quickly. Um but one of the things that I I really um, wanted to see and and get that aspect from you is the approach that you you used to take. Does that still apply um now? I remember you speaking about how the team would make sure that if it's 70% down it's good enough that extra 30 20 30% to take it to 100 uh takes too much time now that i believe in the early stages is what you need when you're finding your niche when you have those loyal customers that are willing to pay for a substandard product because there is no option you are the best option as you grow and your customer segment grows uh, you're no longer the hardcore niche fans you're now trying to get more mainstream Uh, you actually even speak about it with quality does 70% rule still work it, you know what is your advice there when at this stage is that still how you approach it have you changed your view uh, or how would you go about that yeah that's a, a very good point um I think um, yeah you're right so when we were in the the early you know early adopters phase it was about just getting in you know 70% rights and and time was the most important today no we can't like today we're responsible again just to give you context you know if you're selling 30,000 units you you're responsible for a lot of liability and a lot of people's lives on on the services right it's really really important and you can't sac- you can't even a 0.1% defect is too much of a defect so um that perfection and that quality is so 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 important to your reputation and everything else so now that we've grown to where we are um we have the resources we have the team and that needs to be 100% um there are different aspects of the business you can you can test and learn and and that comes into our values i think we have a lot of different values such as like land the first win do the right thing um fall collectively like we we have a lot of small things that are done so that you can try new things but in terms of like quality control processes and just ensuring our quality is there that needs to be done at 100% so um yeah things change a lot and and now we're in a different phase but you're right hitting that mass market there's no room for error um and that's why you need to be so so diligent and careful um and that's what that's what you see honestly i think this is where you see the majority of businesses failing um because the scalability is the hardest part it's you know looking back at it the first few years were a breeze and uh, now it's probably the hardest part because you have more people you have much more moving pieces um and there's a lot more room for error um so making sure you hit that 100% is, is crucial yeah for sure a lot, lot more pressure as well for, for for you guys of course and and you know the the market and the customers that you have so so i can understand the change and it is as we said you know it is phases of of a journey through an entrepreneur's uh career if you want to call it or a startup's life mm-hmm. um we we do have these different phases where you need to have different skills you know assets um deployed and and how you approach them so maybe for a, a final a final question before you leave um what skills do you 
um, have now uh, that you feel are most used for the growth stage that you didn't have before? Or in, in terms of what advice would you give an entrepreneur in a similar stage to say, okay, you at this stage, you know, we focus on, on these skills or this is what has gotten me through the growth stage? Yeah, I think in terms of specific skills, I think I think management is a huge one. Um, team management, just that's that's the biggest thing. It's like making sure a team is empowered, is supported, um, has all the resources to, to to succeed is going to be your biggest one. Um, I think the core skills stay the same. The, the core skills don't change. So empathy, resourcefulness, that is the biggest thing that's going to help you succeed. Um, we hire based on attitude and uh again just like you know if you're there you're willing to do it and you have empathy of the customer because customers always for priority and um, that's the biggest one but for us today it's more about yeah the management side and making sure your, your team has the right resources and equipment to to succeed um so that that's really my biggest thing it's really making sure that again it goes back to the same advice that i had in the, in the first thing um and it was a quote about it i think it was like take care of your people then products and then your profits those are always the most in that order, which is really, really important. Um, and make sure you have your, your people are, are sort of equipped and have the resources. So yeah, doesn't, doesn't change too much from that side of it. The core stays the same. Great. Uh, thank you, Chris. Uh, as always, a really interesting conversation and love catching up. Well, if I was to take one piece from the original uh, episode we had, I would definitely push on that customer centricity side um, mm-hmm. and, and how you and your team approached it. Uh, for, for myself, for this episode, I definitely feel the, the, the team, the people, uh, building that people and then managing them has been that core element of, of, of your growth and success. So we, we really truly recommend you, uh, uh, and have enjoyed, uh, following your story and journey and look forward to seeing the future that, uh, that is for, for yourself and for Apollo Scooters and, and who knows the next venture. Uh, but we wish you all the success. Maybe we'll catch you in two years for the next episode. <laughs> um, but uh, before I go, uh, just any any final words from yourself uh, before we say goodbye to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, again, thank you so much for having me. And uh, again, I really wish we had more time. It's one of those things where, you know, there's so many resources and so many things I'd love to share with people. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to your audience, if they ever want to reach out, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or, or by email at chris.apolo.scooter.co. Like I'm, I... I think our biggest part now and what I'm focusing on the most is paying it forward um, to other people to help through their journeys. And again, like even on this conversation, we didn't talk about mental health. We didn't talk about all these mm-hmm. things. It's And that's probably a huge thing I would, I would love to touch on more. It's You're going to go through a lot of strain. And the last two years has been the toughest of probably my life. So like making sure you have the right resources, you have even the ability to talk about mental health and, and how much strain it's going to take on you, your family and your life. Um, it's really, really important. So like, again, if anybody wants to talk more about it or, or dig a bit more deeper, um, always here and happy to help. But uh, yeah, thank you so much again for having me on the podcast, guys. I, I really appreciate it. And again, if I can help in any other way, you know where to find me. Perfect. Thank you, Chris. We'll definitely uh, add your link in the show notes and uh, yeah, encourage anyone to reach out. We are definitely in the same thinking about paying it forward. Uh, hence why we, we have this podcast. But uh, thank you so much for our listeners. Uh, you've been listening to Entrepreneurs Talk Africa, the podcast for African entrepreneurs. Uh, please take the time to give us five stars. It really helps us grow and uh, share our podcast with other aspiring entrepreneurs. But for now, goodbye and hope you enjoy.